0: Hello members of the Resilient Catholics Community, this is Dr. Peter, we are in week 33 in the Resilient Catholics Community journey, our pilgrimage together in year one. We are discussing final preparations for unburdening exiles today. How do we get ready to help our exiles to release the burdens they carry from negative unresolved experiences, many of which go all the way back to childhood. We're going to be discussing that today in this Interconnections talk. But before we do, we'll just do a brief review on retrieval. We covered retrieval extensively last week in week 32. What is retrieval? Richard Swartz, Martha Sweezy, they define retrieval as follows. After an exiled part is witnessed in whatever way it needs, the self takes it out of the past and brings it to the present or to some other place of its choosing. So, it's all about bringing parts out of their perpetual now experience of trauma. Those exiles experience unresolved past events as though they were happening now. They experience them over and over again. And that experience of reliving is terrible. It could be conscious or unconscious depending on whether the part is blended or not or is in contact with the self or not. Exiles often don't know that they've been subjectively living in the past. They usually believe that the past is now. There's some assumptions in doing retrieval work. We covered those. We want to also be checking in with the exile to make sure the exile comprehends that she's been living in the past. Be specific in asking the exile if she would like to be taken out of the past and brought to a place. And the present that is safe and good. There's different possibilities for that. We talked about those last week. Remember that it's common for exiles to feel uncomfortable about being retrieved into the present. We discussed why that is last week in week 32. It's important to be patient with our parts, allowing them the time that they need to take in this radically new experience of living in the present. Remember, we let our exiles, when we're working with them, to set the pace. Parts need time to process what it's like to be in a new environment, what it's like to be in a new relationship with you as the innermost self. So, when we're working with an exile, we let the exile set that pace. We discussed the role of spiritual confidants in retrieval, and I just want to emphasize, especially as we're doing this work with exiles, to review, review, review. If you're not feeling comfortable in moving forward in the work, there's a reason for that. And we need to pay attention to that. I'm going to really encourage you to review the parts of this work that you aren't sure about yet, that parts might not be ready for yet. When we are working with our exiles, that's something that people find difficult. Most people who do this kind of work have the support of a therapist. A therapist is not strictly necessary for many people to do beautiful work with their exiles. But if you're finding that it doesn't feel safe to your parts, and if you feel like you're up against a a dead end or things aren't moving forward, you might consider getting IFS-informed therapy. Just want to be able to to say that. And again, really a lot of respect about protectors' concerns. We never want to steamroll or push past a manager or a firefighter that has concerns about working with a particular exile because there's reasons for those concerns. Even if those concerns are grounded in realities that happened a long time ago and are no longer present, we still want to have that respect for the dignity of parts. Okay, so today we are discussing preparations for unburdening exiles. I'm gonna talk about this again. It's so important to work where you need to work in the process. Not all of you may be ready to prepare for unburdening of excels yet. I'm talking about the immediate preparations and that's okay. Depending on how your system is organized, you may need to spend much more time working with your protectors before even approaching excels. And that's okay. It's a beautiful thing for you to be doing your inner work at the level that your parts need. It does not mean that you are falling, quote, behind, end quote, if you are still working with your protectors primarily and somebody else in your company is working with their excels. It's much more beneficial. It's much more pleasing to God that you work with the parts that are in most need of your attention right now rather than trying to keep up in some way with other people. We're going to be working primarily today on pages 107, 108, 109 of the Bonnie Weiss Self-Therapy Workbook. And let's just, let's just review a little bit what a burden is. Schwartz and Sweezy say the following, quote, Parts carry burdens, which are the extreme ideas and feeling states that accrue from frightening or shaming interactions or events on or in their bodies. Bonnie Weiss says that a burden is an extreme feeling, memory, energy, or belief about oneself or about the world that a part has taken on as a result of childhood trauma, a specific incident, a relationship, or another painful situation. That's straight from page 107 of your self-therapy workbook. What's important here is to remember that a part is not its burden, and the burden is not the part. The exile was not created by the adverse event in childhood. It wasn't created, she wasn't created, or he wasn't created by whatever attachment injury happened or whatever trauma may have happened. Rather, what was created was the burden. The burden was created as a result of the adverse event. And today, this week, I'm talking about personal burdens. We will talk about legacy burdens in a future interconnections talk. So, we're focusing on personal burdens. These are the ones that you have experienced personally. And just as an aside, burdens create imbalances within. And when that happens, the exile by definition is exiled, doesn't get any attention from the self. Managers get much more attention. Parts don't get what they need. Resources inside are not distributed optimally or equitably. And what's worse is that some parts can be cut off from God and from Our Lady. So how do burdens develop? Well, let's start with how parts look in their original unburdened states, according to IFS. Jay Early notes that babies exhibit certain natural characteristics, including Sweetness, playfulness, sensitivity, quietness, vibrancy, a desire for contact, those kinds of things. Babies possess those qualities in their unburdened parts. But what happens is that a painful or a traumatic event occurs, some kind of attachment injury or relational wound, or maybe even a physical injury, it's usually one, when that happens, it's usually one particular part that takes on the experience of the incident. It could be that a sensitive part steps up as a hero to absorb that harmful experience so that it doesn't overwhelm the rest of the system. I sort of think of these heroic parts as like falling on the grenade so that it doesn't harm any other parts or the self in the system. Jay Early gives the example of a tough part that steps up to handle being physically struck by, the father, right? That tough part takes over in order to protect the rest of the system from from the impact, from the, the traumatic aftermath of that experience of a father striking me. It could also be that a part is simply forced into the role of experiencing the trauma or the attachment injury because... Some part has to, and all the other parts fled the scene. So that was sort of the one left to be able to have to take it on. The burden exile carries the hurt and other parts, the protective parts, create a bubble around that part. So that the exile's ongoing experience of pain and overwhelm does not flood the entire system. This enables the managers to keep going with the day-to-day functioning. It allows the system to continue to move forward. But it's important to remember that underneath the pain and distress and the intensity of the burden, the exiled part retains his or her beauty, goodness, all those original positive qualities. And once the burden is released, that beauty, goodness, and all those positive qualities reemerge and can benefit the entire system again. When an exile is burdened, protector parts polarize with that burden part. They get locked into conflict. Managers proactively try to suppress that exile. They work really hard to minimize the feelings of terror, grief, rage, shame, sorrow, whatever the exile is experiencing in its intense distress. Those protective managers are working so hard to keep the system from being flooded and from and to keep the self from being damaged. Firefighters, on the other hand, work reactively. Firefighters are protectors too. They distract from the exile's pain and distress if the exile is breaking free from the manager's containment. If the exile is jailbreaking, the firefighters distract from that exile's pain and distress. So let's just talk a little bit about the experience of the exile. The exile with the burden, I mentioned this before, it's really important, is in a perpetual moment of trauma, dealing with all the unresolved and unmetabolized intensity of the original experience. And so it's just as raw in the present day as it was when that original event happened, because the emotion and the intensity around that experience, how it landed with the the person at the time, it's not resolved. And often the self and the managers are very unaware of the actual experience of the exile. The managers proactively try to keep the exile distant. They know that there's great intensity there, but they don't know the details usually. And the exile with the burden wants to be seen, heard, known, and understood. The managers just know that the exile is dangerous because of the intensity of its burden. The exile wants to be loved, it wants to be rescued from its desperate situation. Therefore, that exile is going to make attempts to jailbreak. Why? Because it wants to be loved. It wants to be seen, heard, known, and understood. In IFS language, that exile wants to be redeemed. For people that are functioning, for people who are functioning relatively well. Their managers are handling the day-to-day operations. The intensity of their XLs experience is almost always unconscious. The managers are generally successful in proactively suppressing the XLs with their burdens. That doesn't mean that things are okay, though. Remember, parts cannot really help other parts unless they are in right relationship with the self, under the leadership and guidance of the self. And many therapies that work primarily on a cognitive level, those therapies actively support the manager's suppression of exiles. In these kinds of therapies, the client's managers work together with the therapist to consolidate their control over the system and real depth work in healing does not happen. This can also happen in other types of therapies that are focused on stopping a behavior, right? For example, a lot of drug and alcohol counseling is all about just stopping the use of substances or alcohol. There's not a lot of interest or curiosity about why. There's not a lot of sympathy for the firefighters that are using those substances to try to seek some good end for the person. It's a just-stop-it type of therapy. So let's talk about preparation for unburdening. Remember, there are a number of prerequisites before you get to unburdening. You should have a good relationship with all the stakeholder parts, all of the managers and all of the firefighters that protect or protect against the target exile that's got the burden. This relationship needs to be one of trust, trust in the self. So the self and all of the protectors that are in this subsystem need to have a relationship of trust. Second, in, un- in preparation for unburdening, it's important that you be in self, that you be recollected, relatively unblended with your parts, so that your innermost self is free to lead and guide your system, and so that your self has access to all eight C's. It's also important to be relatively free from agendas, from attachments to particular means of action or to particular timetables or to particular desired outcomes. The focus is on loving the parts and that's not just one part or two parts, but loving all the parts in the subsystem around the burdened exile, who is our target part. You want the permission of all the protectors that guard that exile and that are in that subsystem. You want to make sure you've addressed all their concerns and you want to make sure that you've witnessed the target exile, that you've listened to her story or his story of childhood pain and distress. We discuss that at length in week 31 on caring for exiles. Then you also want to have retrieved that exile to the present and to a safe place if necessary sometimes they don't need that. We discussed this at length last week in week 32 on retrieving exiles. Sometimes you don't have to retrieve exiles. Sometimes you can unburden exiles before you retrieve them. Sometimes they want to do it that way. But at least you've asked the question about retrieving and you've been thoughtful about that. And then finally, you want to have some experience in connecting both with the target exile and with the concerned protectors that guard that exile or guard against that exile. You want some experience in switching your focus from the target exile to the protectors if and when those protectors become concerned. You want to be able to connect with those protectors and reassure them. So it's developing some familiarity with how this works, not just for the self, but also for the parts that are involved in this subsystem around your target exile. I want you to know that when you do this preparatory work, so often the unburdening happens spontaneously without using any protocol. That's how most of my unburdenings happen. They're spontaneous. Um, And in my clinical work, I'm not actually a huge fan of implementing the IFS protocol for unburdening. Why? Well, there's two reasons. First, there's a danger that a self-like manager may push prematurely for a part to be unburdened. Often, managers get excited about IFS-informed approaches and they wanna get right to the healing, they wanna get right to the resolution, and they wanna make sure that that exile isn't troublesome anymore. And when this happens, a self-like manager part is leading your system and your exile will not feel safe enough to give up the burden under those conditions. Remember, parts, even self-like manager parts, cannot help other parts if they are not in right relationship with the self. That's why it's so important to be unblended and to monitor levels of blending when you are working with your parts. Second, we as Catholics know that our Redeemer is not our innermost self, but is instead Jesus Christ our Lord. The IFS protocols allow for what they call, quote, guides, end quote, and we have referred to them as spiritual confidants. In IFS, the self leads and guides the process of unburdening. The anthropology of IFS is sort of this rugged individualism. That was a streak in Richard Schwartz, and it runs counter to our knowledge that we are existentially dependent on our loving God. Thus, I tend to focus more on the self fostering the relationship between the exiled part and one of the three persons of the Trinity or our lady, our spiritual mother, or a saint or guardian angel, one of those spiritual confidants. I tend to focus more on that relationship and establishing that relationship because that relationship has the, the effect of not only fostering spontaneous unburdening but also bringing the exiled part into relationship with the spiritual confidant, ultimately being able to experience the love of God and every part needs that. So, remember that God, Mary, your guardian angel, the saints, all of your spiritual confidants are living and active when we invite them into the whole process of healing and and resolving our exile's burdens, they're going to do what they know how to do. Our Lord Jesus Christ, God the Father, the Holy Spirit, all of them can heal. The saints were given powers of healing. Your guardian angel can help you heal. Our lady as your spiritual mother, your primary mother can help you with these things. So I don't want to lock them out of this whole process of unburdening by sticking too closely to a protocol. I want lots of room in there for our spiritual confidants to be able to do what they need to do. All that said, it's not necessary for a spiritual confidant to be present for unburdening. Sometimes the XL part is is ready to unburden, but has enough trust in the self to lead and guide that system and doesn't really want to work with their God images or their images of Mary or the guardian angel or any of that right now. It's often easier for some parts to be able to connect more deeply in the spiritual life in a relational intimacy with the three persons of the Trinity with Mary once they've been unburdened. That is actually how it often happens. So it's a question of what your parts are particularly desiring and what seems helpful to them. My recommended approach of not necessarily using the IFSM protocol for unburdening may seem less direct. It's certainly less protocol-driven, but I also believe it's safer, it's more open to the graces of God, and it's more open to the actions of our spiritual confidants. All right, so with that, we have come to the end of our inner connections talk, and I will see you on the other side after you've had your discussion time.